Warning, the guest episodes on License for Love are experiences, expertise, and views of their own. The diversity duo is in no way liable for actions or advice one takes in their daily life from our guests. Our purpose is to give everyone a voice to be understood, not necessarily agreed with. You're listening to License for Love with Cowboy Jax and Lauren Michaels Harris. The heartbeat in relationship conversation. Sexy, beautiful. Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jax, and I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris. Mm-hmm. And man, have we got an episode for you today. But first, before we get to that, Doc, how the hell are you? Awesome. How are you? You know, uh, it is not anything like what chicago is i'm sure but down here in good old tennessee uh we had some ice come in uh last night and uh it's it's kind of flipped everything upside down so i'm good i'm nice and cozy at the house but uh it's been kind of crazy around here weather wise what about y'all up that way well yesterday it was one degree and today it is heated up thank you jesus um to two what, degrees, two degrees? Yep, exactly. It's two degrees. <laughs> right. And you can't go outside for more than 10 seconds without your nose running. And um, they tell you don't stay out there for more than 10 minutes at a time, even covered. So, um, again, nice that we're blessed with cozy homes. But, you know, doesn't this weather make you think about people and pets and animals and things that um, aren't so blessed at the moment? You know, like, yeah, I was a, what are they it's doing a, right it's now? It's a very interesting point. We uh, we have a little dog, Sully Sullivan, and every time I take him out, you know, to go to the bathroom, I, I do. I do think about other animals because um, there's some idiots in our neighborhood um, that literally leave their dogs outside. And, you know, Linda and I have debated multiple. Well, obviously, you know me uh and my no no uh no slack attitude um i want to go over there and take care of business but you know linda doesn't want me to do that and i respect that so you know it's uh y'all got to take care of your pets i mean that that's really the bottom line is you know they they don't have a voice and they depend on you for everything so i'm glad you brought that up doc no worries now you know Jax, if you fall pray to going and knocking on that door don't even say anything just give them that look you have where your eyes are going like in two different directions you know to look there it is <laughs> that one they'll say okay dude got it dogs on the way in the house thank you so much and mm. we do love us some jesus bye-bye mm. yeah and you know uh there's a lot of individuals out there should be thankful that i found jesus that's at all that's all i'll say because there was a time when I didn't care. I just took care of business. Aren't you glad you're not that. that person anymore? You know, it, it's refreshing. It takes a tremendous amount of weight off of what you feel like is your responsibility, you know? Um, yeah. Because I, I've always been a protector, and I'm sure you have too, because of a lot of those similar ways that you and I you know, grew up. And so our first instinct is to react, right? That fight or flight mechanism, flight just wasn't in there. It was all fight all the time. And so now it's much better because, you know, I really work to listen for understanding versus just reacting. And, and it's been a, it's been a big help in my life. Same here. You know, I was just talking to somebody this morning about the difference. Uh, oh, it was on my show. And uh, Jamie Lane popped in. And we were talking about the difference between reacting and response. And, you know, there's a reason it's called a knee jerk reaction. Because usually when I reacted, I was a that. jerk. Yeah. I was a real jerk, you know. But a response, I'm so glad that it almost 61 years i finally eased into um through trial and error more error um oh and there were a couple trials uh, <laughs> literally <laughs> not guilty not guilty anyway that's for another day um but 
you know, if the glove don't fit, you gotta acquit. Quit. Exactly. But I, I used to destroy so many wonderful blessings that took so long to find me and for me to find them simply because I didn't look from all directions or walk completely 360 degrees around the current situation before opening my big mouth. I would just let no filter first thing to come out. And you know, a lot of things that we say create what I refer to as non do overs. You can't take them back. You know, once they're out there, and they are quite destructive. So, yeah, happy to say that what is greater than whatever we all ascribe to is, you know, our higher power has seen fit to stick with me um, until I grew into the better version of myself. And that's what we hope for all of you. So, you know, that's that's a really cool segue uh, of, you know, we're in February, the month of love, Valentine's Day, my favorite day. Um, but uh, my favorite holiday, but I've been doing a lot of research on the way love uh, affects people. So I decided to, you know, when we were producing this first season two series, I was like, you know, I want to talk about the flip side. You know, I want to talk about, you know, what goes on with folks that really have to fight for love or they have to, they have to seek that out and and really be determined and conscious and it's not just something that's handed to them and one of the biggest things that hit um and i don't know if you faced this personally because i know you've went through a lot of stuff in your life but when you lose your spouse or you lose you know someone very very close to you whether that's a, a girlfriend a boyfriend fiance whatever the case may be yeah. and then you've got to figure out what that next step looks like. Have you had to deal with any of that, Doc? Have you ever had that kind of loss in your life? Oh, well, yeah. When my adoptive mom, when my adoptive mom died suddenly. No, no, no. I, I don't mean family members. I mean like relationships, right? Fiancés, girlfriends, boyfriends, husbands, so, wives. Those romantic relationship because yeah, romantic were, relationships. Well, yeah. You know, I got to get in there. You know, there's a reason I see now why I wrote it down. I don't think it's the category of love. It's the definition that you have on that particular relationship as far as what love means. Because, you know, if you're talking romantically, I don't think that hurts any less or any more than if it were your mother, father, sister, brother, a child. You know, I have a friend right now whose uh, 30-year-old son was murdered a few weeks ago. And, you know, it was hor horrific, horrific. And she just retired, sold her business, moved to Atlanta to be with him, not even six months ago. And a lot of the things I hear coming out of her mouth now about her anger with God right now, um, that's a son. You know, but I have friends that have lost spouses and a lot of times you're angry. You're angry because you're angry not at God, I don't think so much. We get through that. But we're angry at the void that the absence of that relationship that person leaves behind. Because you know, all of us, here's why I say it's a common thread through all of those different uh, lanes of who the person is. is because for me, I don't think it would be different if it were a spouse or whatever. The thing that nearly destroyed me was when I would wake up and I'd go, oh, look at the sunshine. Listen at the birds. Wait a minute. Something's off. What is it about today that, oh, yeah, they're not here anymore. So it's the void that is left when someone is passed on. It's the void, that emptiness. You want to pick up the phone and share something. You want to things things you look at out of the a glance out of the corner of your eye reminds me reminds you of them, and then it, you forget they're not here. You know, uh, yeah. right, right. So I really think it's the void, Jax, um, that is the most difficult thing to come to grips with. Well. You know me and my iPad here. I love that, Doc. I, I, 
I, I don't want to necessarily completely close that door, although we're more so focused on romantic relationship for this particular episode. I love that facet, and that's why I'm glad we're able to have the conversation. But when it comes to widowers and widowers, widows and widowers, oh, that's good. I'll say that five times fast. Widows and widowers. Uh, widows and widowers. Approximately widows and widowers. Two percent of older widowers and widows and 20% of older widows ever remarry. 20% according to 2018. Um, it also, you know, uh, another thing that I found was that um, dating again after death of a spouse can be an awkward experience. It can bring mm. out feelings of guilt, betrayal in the widow or the widower. And I, I think about you and I, because we're both in committed relationships, right? And I cannot imagine life after Linda gone. I, I just can't. Of course you can't. I, I just, I, I, I don't, I don't see how I would ever find those. I, I, I mean, I, I'm speechless. It's a thing that you can't see it. See, What's here's that? the thing, that you can't see what life would be like. No. It's a blessing that you can't because it's a pain that is so deep. Why would something that loves you, i.e. God, want you to have access to that pain if it weren't necessary? See, purpose works on a need-to-know basis. And so when something has to be, it is. And, and, and I'm glad we're talking about this, especially with, like you said, with partners and spouses, because I have a friend. Well, interestingly enough, uh, he's the executive producer who's going to be working with your good friends and now my good friends, the Sailor Brother, when we go to Romania. This producer, uh, he's LGBT, and he moved here from Romania because he can't be himself over there. It's very dangerous. And he found his his soulmate. And within a year after they were married, he was diagnosed with a horrible cancer and lost his life to it. Now he has just found someone else two years later. And he said before he was at this house for dinner a couple of weeks ago before he went back over to Romania for a trip. And he goes, he started crying at the dinner table in a good way. He says, you know, what makes me so excited about this new relationship is that I know that my husband brought him to me because when he was in hospice, he said, I want you to go on with your life. I want you to find love again. And when I get to where I am going, it is my first order of business. I'm going to look and find that perfect person for you because who knows what you need better than I. And he found it. It's a beautiful Damn thing. It, man. Right. Who would ever know? See, that's why I think we can't imagine because we would never, we would stay in one lane. We would hold on with a death grip, no pun intended, to the pain. You know, so I'm interested today. I'm so interested. No, I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, that's great. Um, right. uh, another website for the Na National Council on Aging or NC. OA.org has a key takeaway that says causes of widowhood affect many, uh, which may include self-neglect, lack of support from a network, and lifestyle changes that follow the death of a spouse. Now, I don't I don't want to just say a spouse, but a spouse is is you know sure, a big right, thing. Um, I know in the 21st century right. there's a lot of different ways people define spouse. I'm not saying that you walk down the aisle and you have rings and said I do and all that kind of stuff. I think there's I, I don't want to dilute any of that, but the one that really got me was the the self-neglect. You know? Isn't that interesting? Sure. You gotta have a reason to live. Yeah. I and mean, then you can exist before, without one, but to really live, we need a reason. And I can, yeah. I mean, I mean look, look Brian, at what a profound effect Brian had in your life, right? Exactly. 
Mm. Exactly. Same, we, the same I, with me and with Linda. That. You do you guys ever debate over? No, you're gonna. I'm going to go first because I know I. I uh, don't leave me. Mm-mm. Seriously, we, we kind of no, have I a pray, running joke I that God to take me first. We we kind of have a running joke that I'll go first because Linda's late for everything all the time, so she'll be late for her own funeral. <laughs> I, I I don't think I can make it. I, I really don't. I mean, know I, I'm that's why I'm so excited to talk to our guest today because you know not not only did he he make it, but he's flourishing after the fact. So Incredible. on that note, we'll be back right after these messages. The power of We Romania, Spring 2023. The Legacy of Hope Tour, where our family is dedicated to keeping our kids safe. Find out more at thepowerofwesymposium.com. Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jackson. I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels-Harris, and today's episode is called A Heart's Power Ballad. And we have an amazing guest today. Before we get him in here, you got a little ditty for us, Doc? I do. Our guest today is of the male gender, Mr. Tracy Lee Smith. He's a singer, you guys, a songwriter, also an influencer, and he was married for 30 years. So um, that in and of itself is quite an accomplishment. He lost his wife who battled cancer for 11 uh, years. He's a speaker and advocate for ending cancer and surviving grief of a loved one. He's also the father of four, grandfather, or he says grand dude. He doesn't like grandpa. Papa. I love grand dude. <laughs> grand dude of three. Um, receiver of many miracles and is focused on what God is calling him to do. Uh, with users prominently in his family. I got to f- figure out what that means. And through the divine intervention, he's stopped drinking. He has stopped drugs. On um, He did all that a minute ago, New Year's Eve, actually, of 1979, and has never used any of those since. So without further ado, I do welcome to the show, Mr. Tracy Lee Smith. Hey, great to be here. Trace. <laughs> it's amazing. Trace, what's going on, I'll man? I'll tell you what, you guys set me up good for uh, discussion today. I, I, first of all, we got this ice storm here in Dallas, which is crazy. I don't even know where my shovel is. I, I, I'm at a loss right now. We don't hardly use shovels anymore. It's like, but uh, Saturday will be 60 degrees, so maybe I'll just wait until then to, to shovel. Wow. I'll tell you what, this weather is just something, man, all over the place. Well, we're always El Nino here in Tennessee, but Doc, it stays pretty locked down up there until what? When do y'all start warming up usually? Well, we've had a great winter so far. That's why most of us aren't really bitching about it because, you know, we didn't get snow until last week or week before. So um, for us, uh, it's just, it's the the snow is beautiful, but it's not the snow right now. It is the the polar arctic um you know one degree two degrees and at nighttime dips down to the other night it was minus 12. wow i know i'll tell you what our our dog joan jet she loves going out for a walk it's just crazy for a walk because she took one step outside was freezing range like uh uh-uh, I ain't dealing with that. She ran right back in the house (laughs) i'm out i'm out out. Well, Trace, you you've had a you've had a very interesting journey um, in life, and and Doc touched on a little bit of that um, on the onset there. So, where I'd like to start with you um, is you've been listening backstage this whole entire time about us talking about widowhood and things of that nature. Did anything resonate with you, or is there anything on the onset that for yourself that you want to make sure that you make a a clear and concise message on that we might have missed in that first 15 minutes. Well, I can say losing my wife was a tragic gift. It continues to give me the gift of valuing today because tomorrow is not guaranteed. Wow. That, you know, that's, this is a rough one for me, man, because I, I immediately think of, of Linda and our life. And, you know, we, we've been together almost four years, but it seems like an eternity at times because of all the progress that we've made in a positive way in our relationship. And, uh, why don't you just, why don't you tune in our listeners a little bit and talk to us a little bit about what was that marriage like? Like, 
How did you meet her? How did it end up being 30 years? You know, that sort of thing. Well, we, we, we kind of met as musicians. She was actually taking over my sister's spot in a band as a singer. And, uh, I got to know her, recorded uh, her in my studio at the time. And, uh, just, just right there, it was just like, uh, everything just went right there to, <laughs> you know, start the relationship up and all that. And, and, uh, we had four kids, three grandkids, you know, 30 years marriage. And um, the last 11 years, you know, she went through cancer really hard. I mean, her friends, two of her friends had diagnosed with cancer at the same time and they died in six months. And here she's making it through. And the kids thought, you know, hey, she's like Wonder Woman, Super Mom or something. She's never going to die. And uh, me, it's like you always know something can happen, something bizarre something nasty can happen and um we tried every which way we possibly could you know every everything that we could think of every, everything on the internet you, you can't believe everything you see but you know everything we tried you know just to try to make sure she was she was going through we saw so many miracles i've had a doctor tell me um hey she's not going to last the weekend can't you know uh chemo can't help her no, no, no medicines can help her anymore. Surgery can't help her. You need to get your sub off. Uh, sorry, your, your son off the sub in the Pacific. He was in the Navy at the time. And uh, she's not going to last a weekend. And I was like, I don't, I don't understand this. We were praise and worship, you know, leaders going around Dallas playing and singing. And we had uh, off, offers to record. And I said, I don't believe this. The faith in me said, I just don't, I don't believe this. And I said that outside of her ICU room where the nurses and doctors could hear that. It's like, I don't, I just don't believe this. And I got on the phone, started a prayer chain all around the world. And I think the faith that, you know, that we all had, I think it pulled her through because they were all just, you know, freaking out by Tuesday. This was a Friday night by Tuesday. She was in her bed sitting up accepting visitors. And then the doctors and nurses were flooding in the room going, what's the secret? What, what did you guys do? What, what, what's the secret? There's no way she should have pulled out of that. She had 4.5 liters of sepsis taken out of her body on that Friday night. The doctor said, there's just no way she's going to hand, she's just going to be able to, you know, get through that. She did. Totally amazing. Well, be before we get to the end, like the doc likes to say, I want to back the car up a little bit. Um, so y'all met, uh, you were the, the big time guy as the producer in the studio, <laughs> yeah. right? And then, um, I'm assuming that, you know, that led to maybe asking her out, why don't you ex explain to our audience a little bit, what was your wife like? What, what kind of person was she? Ah, she, she, um, <laughs> the first thing that comes in my head is she was a grammar Nazi. <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> she was really good at English. Uh, she, she was very kind. She was smart. She was loving. She had so many friends. Uh, she was a singer. She was a songwriter. Uh, we got out and we did, you know, performances in church all the time. She just, you know, just happy-go-lucky person. Everybody loved her. Family loved her. Uh, she definitely now is greatly missed by everybody right now. Now, what... What happened with, and feel free to jump in here anytime you want, Doc, um, but what happened when, when, when you found out about the diagnosis, right? Like, walk me through what was going on with the whole family at that time, because it sounds like y'all are very positive, very optimistic, very faith-driven folks. So when, when this first came into fruition, what what was the landscape of everything like and and how far into the marriage were you at that time oh 19 years and <laughs> it's god-filled miracles that happened let me tell you the day before she went and got her diagnosis she signed up for the cadillac insurance that paid for everything there was no deductibles there was no i mean it's like God was helping us, setting us up for it. And she laughed about it. She was like, I knew this was coming. She, in her spirit, she just knew it was coming. And she was like, you know, asking herself, God, why me? Why, why, why I have to go through this? And really 
the people that go through it are able to help those who are going to go through it later. And I think that's how she took it. She, she made her life journey like that. She wrote uh, books about it. She did things that she was going to help others going through it in her journey. And she, man, she went through 20 some different surgeries. You know, she should have died on many different occasions by even effect infection alone by, uh, she had a double mastectomy was breast cancer. Um, you know, and the family was, I'll tell you what, the kids were, they were devastated when they heard this news. And um, it, it's, she, what, what she went through, every step that she went through, God provided a miracle in every aspect of it through those 11 years. And we all witnessed it. And it was, so when she finally did pass, it was like, why? Is like, how did this happen? Because we saw these miracles for so long. Why did it come to an end? So the family had real struggles with that the kids did with their grief so so just to put a snapshot on it basically what you're saying is is because of the fact she had a positive attitude because of the fact she was so faith driven because of the fact that she walked uh, you know the the narrow path of of goodness and kindness to folks y'all felt cheated right? Y'all felt robbed. You were like, you know, you don't want to bestow anything like this on anyone, but good, goodness gracious, why this woman? Why overcome all these obstacles, you know, and, mm -hmm. and still at the end of the day, you know, um, that be the end. How angry were you? Honestly, Jax, I was angry going through it and it wasn't, it's kind of like selfish in a lot of ways too, because I'm like, why do I have to deal with this seeing this? you know, and fold in front mm. of me. And it, it's like, it, it was almost like God taking me out of this situation. I don't even want to be here for this. And, uh, you, you know, so I had to, I had to deal with it, but she was the one going through all that cancer. I mean, it, it's just crazy, but she didn't waver. You know, she had, she wore a headscarf. She kept singing on stage. That didn't stop her at all. She just kept going. She was, she was in the fight and she was winning that battle. And I, and I think at the end it was tough because, uh, you know, not too many people know this. And I'm going to tell you at the end, it spread to her liver and to her brain. So when it happens like that, you know, you're not even thinking clear. So now here you're talking about a woman who could peel paint off the wall when she prays, right? To, I don't even know if God exists anymore. And I was like, what? So the family was just like, what? You know, you've been this super mom Christian all we know you and it's like what how could you change direction you know so it's the last the last year my daughter and i were witnessing to her again to to show her look at this miracle you went through look at that miracle you went through look at this look what you're going through now you know god is present in everything that's going on and god was present even after she died and the miracles that happened after that that we witnessed going through it's just you can't deny it so so even I can go into like uh, on her deathbed, what we've experienced. And I know she's in heaven. I know. Cause like it's the, she was in hospice and, and on her deathbed, she, we made a call to my, my daughter and my daughter, you know, said her final water uh, words to her. And then the nurses came in and the nurses wanted to change her bed and change her pillows and all that. And uh, she was sitting like this, you know, back in her bed and she's pretty much incoherent at this time. She, we, she couldn't respond, say anything. The nurses tried taking her arms and putting them down on her side. And, and she's like, I'm not having none of that. She put her hands right back up there. Like she was praying. She knew she was, she was going in the next couple of minutes. And, uh, you know, just things like that. We knew, you know, she's definitely in heaven. There's just no way around it. So what kind of, what kind of impact did she have on your life? Like how much did you love her? Now she's my wife. She's my best friend. She's the mother of my children. You know, um, there, there's so, there's so much love there. And yet the struggles that we went through because, because of the cancer and the way it, it ravaged her body. She wasn't able to do certain things that, you know, a wife and her and a husband do, you know, do together. Those, 
relationships that you have. We weren't able right. intimate, intimate intimacy situations, right? Emotionally and physical so intimate situations. That, that bugged her because she wasn't able to satisfy me. And, and she thought that that was, you know, it was killing me inside. And a little bit, honestly, a little bit was, but these are things that we had to deal with going through for many years that we couldn't do that. So it's like, it turned into, you know, the love of my life. She's still the love of my life, but I have to make her my best friend now. She's just my best friend. And, and we're just going through life, you know, dealing with things. And, you know, there's, we tried, believe me, we tried everything you could do medically. There's nothing that could help that. I, I appreciate you. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing that, um, that point with us. Um, Doc, you got anything before we roll into break? Yeah, I have a question. Um, Tracy, do you have any idea? Something tells me you probably know the exact number. But how many hospital stays over the 11 years? It's over 50. And so many different things that happen. I mean, uh, did, did the, 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 that number with over 50 hospital visits stays, not visits. Mm -hmm. That means you spent the night at least one night. Did it ever not feel like, uh oh, this could be the one when you leave? And you look at you look back at the house and you wonder, will I ever come back in here? That kind of thing, because you don't know how how was that? How, how did you deal with that? The last year, I got I have to explain how how great God is. The last year, we I took a severance package with my work. And I was able to have a year's worth of pay, which allowed me to stay with her, but also have, you know, start my own business with my kids and all that. And she loved that. And we were struggling to make ends meet. She applied for, for disability. And you, normally you go through a lawyer for that. And the lawyer said, I'm not going to take your money, you know, just, just apply and see what happens. Usually it takes months. She got it within 10 days. And not only did she get it, she got $14,000 retroactive, which, which able for us to maintain the household so I could be working for myself, the kids could go do, do what they had to do. I could stay in the hospital with her and be an advocate, which she desperately needed. I mean, at, at that time, you know, they were trying to pull, well, what's going on here? What's the medicine we should use? And I'm like, in a cot right next to her. Sometimes there wasn't a cot. Sometimes I slept on the radiator vent next to the window. Sometimes I was on the floor, depending on which room they had us in. But I was there for a two month stay with her continuously by her side, being an advocate and saying, no, hey, take a look at her belly. What the heck is going on here? She's not nine months pregnant. You need to do something about this. And that's when they, they took her down and looked and boom, she had 4.5 liters of sepsis in her belly. You know, at that point, so that's, that's a good stopping point right there. We'll be right back. Make your next production with purpose. With a help up, not a handout for U.S. veterans. Find out more about InView at shfveterans.org. Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jackson. I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels-Harris. And yep. today's episode is called A Heart's Power Ballad. And we've been talking with Tracy Smith about the loss of his wife after a 30-year marriage, being grand dude and being dad. And right before we went to break, he was really starting to unpack the, the picture of, of what was going on with him sleeping in the room with her to being there for two months straight advocating for her because she couldn't advocate for himself because the doc asked a really great question about, you know, how many times in the hospital. Um, I want to, I want to go somewhere else for a minute um, because I, I think a lot of what gets shown um, when someone passes from cancer uh, is is the end. And we've talked about her her singing. We've talked about her authorship. We've talked about all these different kinds of things. But what I really want to talk about for a moment is, you know, because it's it's important for the audience to really understand um, 
once the intimacy part started to go away and you guys were determined that, you know, you're going to be best friends and your partner in life, um, which was a great way to say that. Um, what, what kind of feelings did you deal with? And, and do you still deal with those now? Right. We, we've talked a lot about her, but I, I really want to focus on you. So so what what was that like then? And, and what is that like now? Like, do you still deal with those things? Well, my wife would ask me, she's, she would say, you know, I'm not going to last much longer. So who, who do you feel like you want to date? You know, how, who do you want to move on with? And I, I was like, no, I'm not yeah. <laughs> like right now I have a wife and she's, and as long as she's my wife, I'm not even going to think about who I'm going to date. And she goes, I knew you would say that. So she ended up after she died, we had to go into the safe to get, you know, materials, you know, to, social security and all that, you know, do the death certificate and things like that. And here she had letters for the whole family. And in one of those letters she had for me, she said, I want the best for you. Your best is yet to come. She wants me to move on and find that one. And I'll tell you what, God has put me in in the possession. I say possession because I love her to death of this amazing woman, Janine Emily right now, that I think if Peg in heaven had an opportunity to pick someone to take her place, it would be Janine. She's just an amazing person. So, and I love that. And I, and I definitely want to get to that, but I want to know, I want the audience to understand, especially if someone's out there that's, that's kind of went through what you went through in some facet or another, you know, how did you arrive at this destiny. I mean, it wasn't like just your wife died, you know, uh, you grieved it. And then like, you know, you're, you're back out there. Like, you know, one of the things that it talked about was self neglect, um, and some other things like what was your journey like and, and how long were you single after she passed? Like what, what was that like for you? Well, because I believe I, I was grieving along with her as it was happening and, I wanted to move on with my life and, but I, I stayed there like stagnant for a couple months. And then my kids started saying, you know what, why don't you sign up for Christian mingle? And I'm like, really? You know? And I think the kids said that thinking that it would take me a long time because, you know, I don't know what looking at me as, as dad, you know, it, it might take a long time for me to find somebody, you know, perfect for me in my lifestyle or whatever. So I did that. And, and the funny stories about Christian mingle is, is I got kicked off twice after meeting Janine, first of all, I mentioned, you know, being, being an older guy, just starting on Christian Mingle, I had no idea what the rules were, you know, what to do. You know, from day one, they were telling me, oh, you need to get off this site. You need to go go on Google chats, you know, and right there, it's like uh, wrong. You know, you get women who ask you for a, a, a dick pic. So, uh, you know, I had no idea. I had no clue. So I gave them one, but they're like, what? Yeah, I gave him a picture of a guitar pick with Dick on it. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. So so I was actually turning people in who were fraudulent because what they were doing, they're using Christian Mingle as a platform. And then like, hey, why don't you come over here and have sex with me? Or why don't you come over here and watch me pole dance for some money? That kind of thing. So I was turning these people in and uh, eventually they caught on to it. They got me kicked off somehow. So I got my money refunded to me and then I had to sign up again after I proved who I was, I had to prove, you know, my, you know, my driver's license and all that, you know, who I was. Why, why did you go back for a second round? Like, I, I mean, I, I, why would you, I mean, why would you go back for a second round? Well, I was actually starting to contact Janine and I thought, man, she's really cool. I like, I like her, you know, where she's coming oh, from. Okay, she's a musician. It. I'm thinking, oh man, I could keep the musician thing going and, and partner with somebody. This is, you know, she'd be like the ultimate, you know, person to deal with. So I even mentioned to her, I said, you know, even if we don't date, maybe we can put a band together, you know, that kind of thing. And then right when I was getting replies back from Mr. Smooth over there, <laughs> yeah. maybe we can put a band yeah. together if we can't date. So, uh-huh. sure. so right when I was getting responses back, I got kicked off and I'm like, what the heck is going on? You know? So then I, I re tried to re up and you know, put my money back in and it wouldn't take. So it took weeks to a month that, you know, I couldn't get back on there. And then she was probably thinking, what the heck, this guy, you know, is not around anymore. What's going on? So I eventually tried it after a month and I, I got back on again. I started to talk to her, made that first date with her. And then right after that, 
Christian Mingle went, boom, you're off again. I'm like, okay, they refunded my money back again. I'm like, okay, I just met Janine. I don't need it anymore. And I didn't have to pay any money. So it was, it was excellent for me. Well, Doc, I, I don't know if we'll be getting uh, Christian Mingle as an <laughs> uh, advertising sponsor awesome. after this episode. Probably not. Um, I got something I want to know. Um, so you're in the relationship with Janine now. What was it like having to catch yourself and monitoring how often, if at all, you brought up your ex, your, your, your deceased wife? What was her name, by the way? Peg. Peg. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when something reminds you or there's a trigger, oh, my God, Peg used to do that. Peg said I would find you. This and the other were... What was that like? I can imagine it would probably be pretty tenuous, you know, like eggshells uh, in a way. How did you navigate those early months of the relationship honoring Peg while not overdoing it with Janine? That's an excellent question. Yeah, it, it was eggshells for a while because I had to basically convince Janine and it's not only her, it was other people too because they were thinking like, wow, this is really soon. You're trying to get back in, the, in a relationship again. And it's like I had to convince Janine. I said, look, you know, I, I love my wife and everything, but it's it's like I was grieving through those 11 years that she was dying. I was I really grieved hard for the last last part of it, you know, and it's like, you know, it's funny how when you're going through it, like... I was witnessing her deteriorate in front of my eyes for six months. And then um, I seen, look back now and saw pictures of her on her deathbed. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's just horrifying. I can't believe, you know, I really didn't notice it at the time. It's like God was helping me through that time period, witnessing it as it happened. But now it's like, oh my gosh. And, and to tell Janine, you know, look, you know, I'm fully invested in you. I can do this now. I've been through that. And Janine was waiting for me to grieve. She's thinking, you know, you're, you're going to grieve. And it's like, I don't know, Janine, it might be, a, I have a superpower of to how to deal with grief. Cause I've been through it, you know, through my life with, you know, people dying at an early age through my life, my, my dad, you know, uh, my brother. And it's just like, I've, I've been through it. So do I have a superpower of grief? And I'm asking Janine this and she's probably believing I do because I get through it and I'm able to continue on without much of that so-called baggage. And when I bring up peg is to bring up, you know, highlights of things. And, and, uh, but one thing about this that um, I have to deal with with Janine is, is I grew up with that mindset of 30 years of being with peg and that relationship we had for 30 years how comfortable i was in that relationship now i'm starting a new relationship with janine and how am i going to deal with that relationship i can't bring in this exact same things i did with peg over here to janine because janine's a whole new different person and it's not fair for me to try to think janine is going to match everything that that peg did because janine's her own person so this took time for me. How do you me. navigate that? Yeah, how do you navigate that? Like, do, do you have like a, an SOP or like boundaries that you say to yourself or things that you remind yourself? Because that's a great point. I mean, that was 30 years of your life. Um, Janine's a smart gal. She, she came out and just told me straight up, you know, don't think of me this way. You know, you had your own, you know, you're, you're set and sedentary in your life in that way. So I had to like reprogram uh, you know, my thought process and how I deal with her as, as a relationship, as a person, because it's, it's not the same and it's not going to be the same. And I really did have to look inside myself and, and, and work that out emotionally to, to make sure I'm on the same page with Janine. And now it's comfortable. Now it's, it's not as, as hard as one would think. Uh, what, what about ahead, Okay, thanks. You you know how like I, I don't know if anybody here's ever been in a um, a bad car accident, and I've only been in one. I was hit by a semi truck once, and I know that every time I see a bad accident, something happens inside me, just even momentarily. Um, and for a long time, just getting on those roads where you pass semis uh, took me two years to not take back roads everywhere. So my question is, I don't know how long you I know you're engaged to Janine. We were there uh, during the Christmas special when you guys uh, got engaged. 
but I don't know if she's been sick or, you know, even a cold or um, something doesn't feel right. Does something, does anything get triggered in you? Do you ever worry, like if she's not feeling well or looking right, does it take you back to, oh God, no, here we go again, that kind of a thing. I think a lot of people stay away from the possibility of love again because they're afraid it'll happen again the way the outcome did is what I'm referring to. Do you experience any of that fear and how do you deal with it if you do? There's there's always something in the back of your mind. It's like, well, if I can steer Janine away from certain foods that cause cancer or something, things that might be cancerous, you know, that that always is in the back of my mind. Things for me as well, you know, I don't want to get cancer either. So there's certain things that I'll, I'll stay away from that might trigger me. But as in a person looking at her going, is she going to get sick? No, I, I, I really don't want to go there. I don't go there. So I kind of like it's back in a room way back there. I don't, I don't go there when it comes to that. I look at her and I just, Hey, how can I help? What can I do? You're sick today. You know, what can I do? And I just attend to her. I just, I just pour love on her. That's all I can do. Okay. Thank you for uh, answering that. Here's my last one. I want to know. Do you ever find yourself just zoning out almost like Peg has just reached in and demanded your attention? Just I hear this from people who have dealt with what you're dealing with and they say sometimes they just they they feel like they're being, you know, they're getting a, an email, if you will, or a text from heaven from that person saying, hey, just letting you know I was thinking about you today. Do you see that some people say it's a butterfly or a card? No. Do you see those signs sometimes that you know unequivocally are Peg saying hello? I do. And a part of me wonders why I don't get it more often is I, I get it every once in a while, but you know, 30 years is a long time. And it's just like, Maybe I'm wrapped up into what I'm doing now and and all the the things that I the passion that I'm in now, you know, with the music and with Janine and you know hanging out with the family, whatever it is. My passion. I don't know. It's not like I forget her, but it's just like I'm absorbed with. I'm trying to just absorb myself with life today and move on. Yeah. So. So on Peg's birthday. What's that like for you that whole day? Can you stop thinking about today was Peg's birthday? Or is it just nothing you can just can't get away from? It? What's wild is my son, my youngest son's birthday is the day after that. And they used to celebrate it together basically on the same day. Mm. And so whenever I celebrate his birthday now, yeah, it always brings up those feelings. Um, and I, I got to say, I really must have a superpower. It's, it's not that I didn't love her. It's, it's, it's just so strange. Right. And my kids, like I still see my kids nowadays. They're, they're still like, they're still grieving on, on losing their mom. It's like they woke up a year later and said, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that she's not here anymore. And it's, they just woke up, you know? So I don't know if that's going to happen to me down the road, you know? Um, oh my gosh, she's not here anymore or something like that. Um, I, I don't think so. Cause I've dealt with this, tragedy throughout through my life and i'm i'm just when i look back i look back at the good times the good things that we've done and how we you know raised the kids and and had fun and, and things like that and I, I don't really want to dwell on you know going back seeing her on her deathbed and things like that you know i i think of good things and and i'm just absorbed with today and the passions of today right now awesome. well trace as always, uh, we're out of time. Uh, do you have anything as a final thought you'd like to say to our audience before we get you out of here? Yeah, pain, loss, and grief are key ingredients in wisdom, and it's in that wisdom you learn how valuable love is. Take that with you. Thank you so mm -hmm. much, man. Yeah. Doc, anything? I'm just grateful. I really appreciate you um, being so candid, so transparent. And, you know, I, I know it can never become easy. So I really appreciate your strength and I honor it. So thank you so much. Thank you both. You guys are great, by the way. I love, love watching your shows. Well, thank you so much, Trace. And we'll be back right after this with the Doc and I's final thoughts. Mm -hmm.
Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jax from the Diversity Duo. You know, it's 2023 and we believe here at License for Love that our purpose is to connect the world, to be understood but not necessarily agreed with. And what's a better way to be able to help that mission by advertising your product or service in this space right here. Contact us today. Your product, your service, let's ride. Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jax and I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels-Harris. And today's episode was called A Heart's Power Ballad. What about that Tracy Smith, Doc? So much, so much too. It has, has me thinking about so many things. I'll tell you what, I've surprised myself during this and it's happening right now, actually. It, there's so much, there's so much beauty in this story, so much depth that it, it's literally nearly bringing me to tears. Um, because I feel like I want what he has before I need it, should I ever need it. And just thinking, like putting myself in his shoes is killing me right now. It is literally destroying me. And it makes me appreciate what he has dealt I've never, this has never felt like this to me before. You can feel it, right? Like I can feel it right in the middle of my chest. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. I don't. The me of right now, I don't think I could make it. I really don't think I could make it. And so to sit out. here and watch somebody and listen to somebody speak from the place that this man just did is just mind-boggling. Absolutely. My know, one of the things I saw is that he wouldn't talk about himself. Right? Did you ever catch that? It was always Janine. It was always Peg. It was always the kids. It was always the experience, you know. And I and I found that very, very interesting because it it almost feels like that there has to be a level of disconnect in order to be able to survive. And when I mean disconnect, I mean like from yourself. You know what I mean? Like a protective shell. Yeah. Or is that God with that hedge of protection that he promises to provide? You know, I had one other question and maybe that's why I didn't answer it. It was because I, I had them all written and circled and I uh, took them in the order that I felt led to ask. But I did. I was going to go into, you know, those. how do you deal with those long-term dreams? I know Brian and I are always planning you know, when we retire, we're always planning where we want to go before we die. We always are planning those those years. And, you know, one of the things when you find that person is that you go, thank God, I don't have to worry about dying alone. And then they leave you, you know. Mm. And I just, it's so curious to me what it's like now to recreate those golden year dreams with a new person. Do you lay that, that mind photo, that heart photo, <clears throat> that imprint of the new, do you lay it on top of the old one to give it its own fair chance? Or do you lay it next to the old one so that you honor the original? How do you do it? I don't know. And so yeah. I, so much I didn't expect coming out. Yeah. So, I, the other thing that I found very interesting too was because I wanted, you know, our show is always centered on do we judge a book by its cover? And we weren't really able to get into some of that because I, I just wanted him to have his moment to kind of give us that, that picture. But interestingly enough that when you go through this, like the process of the intimacy piece, was very interesting for me. Like, can you imagine how much you would have to uh, love someone or care for someone to say, okay, we're gonna set these boundaries and I'm gonna, I'm not gonna push on this part of what 
are my needs as a man or as a woman, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever you are, and just say, we're going to be best friends until the end. And then in the process of that, that whole grieving thing just happening in these increments, you know what I mean? Like knowing inevitably, like we, we all know that we're going to die to get philosophical for a moment, but we don't know when we're going to die. So I think that that reality of saying that this could be the day, this could be the moment, this could be the hour, five days from now, just chiseling away at that slowly but surely. I, I found that very fascinating, you know? Yes. Yeah. I just I just wrote a word down. I thought I was going to save it for my little final thought, but I'm going to just throw it out there now. I, what, what I feel... I've 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 taken from this this uh, experience here today is to really invest more of my own energy in celebrating the essence of the person I have with me today, because should that ever happen, I want to know where to find it in every molecule that this person has touched and right now i feel like i haven't done a very good job at that but you know what now's the time to feel that way because when it's too late it's too late mm -hmm. so i'm just i'm really shocked honestly i cannot even begin to tell you how shocked i am at what i have learned here today and i am in the process even as i speak of making uh soul commitments to do better just in case. You know, my favorite part of being the other half of the diversity duo in this journey that we're taking in License for Love, Doc, is just to see how profoundly some of these episodes truly touch you and affect you. You know, I'm 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 in the infancy of that that journey of of self-love and self-worth and thinking through things and, you know, episodes like with Tracy where, you know, uh, the, the other Tracy that, you know, um, went from being a man who's married to identifying and knowing that he's a woman and his wife elects to stay with him to yeah. Tracy Smith today who goes through this journey of, of love and grief, a lifetime, if you will, and then having the courage to step out there and say, I want to love again. I, I want to feel again. My, my, life, my life isn't over. I'm not frozen in time. The level of courage that these kind of stories take and the way that I see it affect you uh, and me is, I, I'm just speechless. I don't think I've been grateful enough. I just, but... And I hope for Tracy Smith and in all of those couples that were separated through death and the, there's a survivor, the widow or the widower, I would hope that they all understand, you know, what they have been chosen to bring to people like us who haven't had to experience it, you know. And it's just, I, I did not see this coming. I really didn't. So, you know, I would say this to everyone out there um, as my final thing is, you know, because I'm, I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum from Tracy Smith, who had 30 years. You know, I just have begun. I've only been married five years and together um, for, for eight. And... It feels like it started five minutes ago, which is a wonderful thing to be able to say, mm. you know, but he had it for so long and I waited so long. So to hear what he had to say, just really, it really, um, really moved and touched me in a deep, 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 deep way. So if you are out there and you have that person in your life, then, you know, get to it get to it beautiful doc that's beautiful well folks for my final thought i would love to be able to say uh something that is one of my favorite quotes in the world which is 
It is better to love of loss than to never have loved at all. And mm-hmm. for all of you out there that um, are living a lifetime of love or have lost or are on the journey of finding love again, this is the purest form of connection. This is something that you're absolutely entitled to. It doesn't matter what the naysayers say. It doesn't matter what people may pass judgment on you. It's your love, it's your life, and it's your time. And as Lauren said, Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris said, get to it. Until next time, I'm Cowboy Jacks with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris, and we'll see you on the episode of License for Love, the heartbeat in relationship conversation. Be blessed. You're listening to License for Love with Cowboy Jax and Lauren Michaels Harris. The heartbeat in relationship conversation.